This is Kirk Cousins, and you are listening to the Wobcast, hosted by Wobby. Third down and ten. Cousins, end zone, flag, touchdown, Vikings, and Aldrick Robinson. Yeah, Kirk Cousins throwing touchdowns all over the place in Los Angeles brings us into this episode of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, coming to you from TCO Performance Center and the TCO Studios in Egan, joined as always by co-host and producer Chris Corso. Kirk Cousins had a bunch of touchdown passes. Unfortunately, we needed at least one more because the Vikings came up a touchdown short. They lose to the Rams 38-31. to We're going to talk about that game here today as well as our game coming up against the Philadelphia Eagles. On the Wobcast, we've had an extra long weekend to digest that 38-31 loss to the Rams and get ready for this week's prep for Philadelphia. Chris, we sat around and watched football games all weekend knowing that we dropped one ourselves. Now, the enjoyment of watching football is enhanced when you win. That's for sure. So... Uh, we did enjoy watching the games. It would have been a little more fun if we could have come out on top of this uh, game on Thursday in Los Angeles. But uh, we didn't, and now we got to move on. And um, we have a lot to get to in today's Wobcast, including Know Your Opponent, Philadelphia Eagles version, a word from our friends at Good Morning Football, and, of course, your mail. But first, let's make sure we completely put this game in the rearview mirror. Let's go over a few of the highlights and lowlights from the game so we can move on. Chris, the Vikings lose 38-31 to to the Rams in what was a very entertaining game for folks watching and listening at home, right? Oh, yeah. I, I like that we lead it off the show with those Kirk Cousins highlights because yep. it, it gets forgotten how good he really was. Yeah, he was uh, super, super accurate and good. Yep. Um, you know, and was playing um, – with a lead, you know, created a lead early, but then was playing from behind late and played well in both situations. Took care of the ball until the final drive. Um, and so Kirk Cousins in the first quarter of the season, fantastic start. 69.3% completion rate, a passer rating of like 103.8, 10 touchdowns, only two picks. Very, very good for the Vikings has been Kirk Cousins in the first quarter of the season and um, and was a big part of why that game was so fun to watch last Thursday night in Los Angeles. I thought the offense looked really good, went punch for punch with the high-powered Rams offense, so that was cool. Kirk Cousins on pace for 5,500 yards, wow. which would be a Vikings record. No one, Chris, and I mean no one, can stop Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. That is correct. That is a that, that is a valid statement. No one can stop them. <laughs> I mean, I don't care if it's starting corners, backup corners. Yep. I don't care who you're putting out there. Ain't no one stopping those two, and it's fun to watch. Speaking of records, I think Thielen is like has like the most receptions for a receiver in the first however many games in for, Vikings in history. Vikings yeah. history, yeah. yeah, he's been. Oh, the routes he runs, and then obviously Diggs complimenting him. I I don't see two better a better pair of wide receivers in this league. I yeah, now, I mean, the Rams got, got some good ones. The Rams probably have the best trio Yep. Uh, with Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. Cooper but, Cup, man, he's a good player. Yeah, well, yeah, he is really good. When it comes to a 1-2, I'll take Diggs and Thielen over anybody. No one can stop them, and um, and it's going to be fun to watch those guys go against the Eagles secondary, which has a lot of really good players. Kyle Rudolph continues to look good. Yeah, he really so does. So that, this has been good to see. Yeah, yep. Rudy not involved much really in the preseason games. Yep. 
and uh, but very involved in the first four regular season games, so that's good. Lastly, on the offense, as I, I've already said, really a bummer that the fumble ended the game because we, we have an offense now where I, I truly believe in those situations, yep. I believe and I expect that we're going to score. Yep. Like I, I thought we were going to go down the field and score and go for two. And, would, and and if we get the two point conversion, we win the game. That would like, have been incredible. Like I, th- we have we have transformed from an offense where you like are hoping we can do it, but you think you probably can't. Yep. To like I expect that's what we're gonna do because Cousins did it time after time in the fourth quarter against the Packers, yep. and he went punch for punch with Sean McVay and Jared Goff in L. A. against a really good Rams defense. So. Um, you know, it's a bummer that uh, that the offensive line got beat and uh, Kirk lost that fumble because it felt like we were going to go score and go for two. In fact, John D. Filippo told Voice of the Vikings Paul Allen on nine to noon that we, you know, the plan was to go for two. The, the plan was to go for two. Yeah, that would have been lit. Wow, that would have been unbelievable drama to watch. I would have been all in on that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and I'm taking my chances too. I mean, because. Here you are, you've battled with the Rams, yep. and you, you've gone score for score yep. with them, and you were down 10 late in the fourth quarter. Yep. You get a field goal, you stop them, and then in this scenario you would have gotten a touchdown. I think it makes all the sense in the world to go for two right there because because you, you go for one, A, you could miss it, and then you'd really be kicking yourself. You miss mm-hmm. the extra point mm-hmm. if you go for one. And then even if you convert it, now you're giving the ball back to them, or you're going to overtime, and, and you can up, lose. Yeah, and, and you really feel like you know you missed a chance to win the game. You had a, ch- a chance at a game-winning play. Yeah. And when you're an underdog on the road, and you have one play to win the game, that's about as good as you can ask. Yes, for. and that's what you would have had in that scenario. So yeah. I would have totally endorsed going for two in that moment. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that. At that, that's that. Wow. I mean, because and also by the way. You know, you 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 would have a Rams defense that would have been reeling at that point, right? Yep. They they gave up a lead, they gave up they a touchdown in the final set, right? Yeah. And and now you've got Diggs and Thielen running routes, you know, on these corners who have been tired and worked all night. And we saw Diggs was able to convert in in Green Bay, right, on that. a two I mean, point conversion, it was right, on a perfect pass yeah. from. Kirk right. Cousins. So. so that would have been awesome. That would have been great. Um, defense did not did not look like what we're used to seeing, you yeah. know. And um, it's not been a good start to the season for the defense. They look out of sync. It does not look like itself. I do think you have to credit the Rams, uh, Chris, for great design and making good plays, and Jared Goff finding the receivers. So we'll give the Rams credit, but the Vikings um, making a lot of mistakes. You don't seem to to see the same pass rush from this group. Obviously, missing Everson Griffin. Of course, you have to believe that some of these young and inexperienced corners, Mac Alexander, Mike Hughes, Holton Hill, you know, are, are contributing to some of the communication problems. Yes, they're flashing and making some plays. Mike Hughes forced a fumble that looked really good. He Holton, did. Holton Hill had a tackle for loss, so he splashed a little bit. But, you, you know, you certainly can understand how they might have some communication problems given this is their first time through. Um, so I think that's contributing to some of the problems. Here's my question for you. Are you freaking out yet on the Vikings defense? Everyone listening knows from reading my stuff or watching the pick six, they know I'm not freaking out. But um, what about you? I've talked about this before. I freaked out when we lost in week four at U.S. Bank Stadium to last the Lions. season to the, Lion, yeah. to the Lions. Yeah, you thought, yeah. And Dalvin Cook tore his ACL. It was yep. a terrible game. I think we had like three or four fumbles uh, lost in that game. Yep. And I went home to my girlfriend and told her, this season's over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that changed because we won how many games? 11 of the next 12. Yep. This year, I'm not going to do it. 
I'm not doing it yet. I'm not going to freak out yet. I know the talent is there on this defense. I think we should still turn around and play defensively and, and get the, the running game going and, and really be yeah. that kind of team more yep. than relying so much on the offense. And the offense is just all gravy at this point. But it's been the opposite. It's been all offense, high-powered scoring, and yep. obviously the receivers and Kirk Cousins throwing the ball all over the place. I'd like to see the running game get involved, go back to the defensive-minded team, and I think that's going to happen. Uh, we just need to get back home after this game in Philly and yeah. see what happens. Well, the Vikings had a what we call in the business a mini-buy. Yep. After a Thursday game, you get three extra days to yep. rest and get ready. to call it the mini-buy. So you have an opportunity to self-scout a little bit if you want to do that, take a look at what you're doing, yeah. a few extra days to rest and recover. Hopefully Dalvin Cook's 100%. Pat Elfline made his first start against the Rams. So um, obviously after you make your first start and you play a bunch, your body is sore. So Pat hopefully will uh, work all of those kinks out and be ready to go for the Eagles. So you get out of the mini-buy. You had a few extra days to get ready for the Eagles. Another tough NFC opponent, the defending Super Bowl champions, the yeah. defending NFC champions. So the Vikings go back to Lincoln Financial Field. And um, I think for the fan base, it's like a revenge type of thing, you know, because we lost them in the NFC title game. But for these two teams, you know, you're a different team from one year to the next. Even if you're bringing back most of your players, it's still a different vibe. That's right. So this is not a revenge game. This is a get-back-in-the-hunt game because both the Vikings and the Eagles are coming off losses and need wins to get back in the hunt. So that's what's going to be on their minds. At the end of the day, the Vikings finished the first quarter of the season at 1-2-1, and which is only a half game off of last season's pace. And look at the teams but, that they played. I mean, they yeah, played in right. Green Bay. Right. In L.A. and now in Philadelphia. Yep. I mean, those aren't easy. I know it, the Bills game was tough. But. It's only a half game off the pace, but it feels like it's much more. Yeah. So, um, But you can get that thing turned around really quickly that's if you right. can just get a win. So that's what the Vikings are looking to do. Here's more good news. I'm not panicking. You're not freaking out. The Vikings locker room isn't either. Yep. You got some sound from the locker room where guys are not freaking out and they're looking forward to playing the Eagles, right? Yep. We'll hear from Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray, and then finally Laquan Treadwell, who's been a big part of the offense this year. Um, these guys are ready to go. Um, obviously, the two running backs want to get the, the running game going again, so let's take a listen. How much do you think um, having some stability with guys that are on the offensive line could help that? I mean, with Pat back in now and seemingly the, the lineup set? Um, like I said, there's nothing wrong with the guys we got. There's nothing wrong with nobody up there. And we just got to, you know, take advantage of it. We just got to keep being better every week. It's going to come, you know. We, 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 we're a patient here, but it's going to come. Devin, you talk about patience. How do you balance that without getting frustrated? You can't. Um, it's a long season. It's only week four, so so you know you just gotta keep working and keep keep chipping away at it. And it's, like I said, it's, it's gonna be the. When you look around the league and you see some other pretty good teams are off tough starts. Atlanta one and three. Uh, obviously, Philly's two and two. Do you feel like hey, you guys are still running the thick of things? Obviously, that sometimes teams start a little slow. Maybe. Yeah, it's early, man. Like I said, only played four games. Mm-hmm. Games. Everything that we want to accomplish is still right in front of us. We still can go, you know, do whatever we want to do. We just got to, you know, like I said, hone in from here and just be the team that we know we could be. Does it make you salivate a little seeing how well they did on the passing game without much of a running game last last game? Does that kind of make you like, wow, if we get this going, what we can actually do? Who, Minnesota? Yeah. Us? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we, we know the type of players and the type of guys we got. Um, 
Like I said, the running game is we're not horrible, we're not mm-hmm. bad. We just you know got to get in positions to where we can run the football and close out football games. And, you know, last week wasn't that type of game that we can close the football game out. You know, Curry had to drop back and throw the ball more than he expected. So you know, that was that was it. All badly needed was the weekend just to recharge the battery. I think it's just good to um, get some rest, get a few extra days to um, let the body recover. Um, and then mentally to get away and uh, get ready to get back to work. What's your kind of your assessment of how the running attack is going now? Another, I know you fell behind, so it dictated the pass, but uh, just your thoughts on how the running game is going. Been non-existent, mm-hmm. um, to be honest with you. So mm-hmm. that's just what it is. We just got to um, figure it out. You got to be better. Well, I mean, what do you? got to do. I mean, obviously, you guys have both have great track records, you and Dalvin. I know Dalvin's been hurt a little bit. That'll probably help when he gets fully healthy, yeah. but what do you need to do? Well, I think, again, we, um, you know, when we do get the touches, um, just be a little more efficient. Um, we got to eliminate the negative runs, and then that'll give us uh, more opportunities, and I think Flip will call, call some more opportunities. Um, but, then you know, I think another part of it is, you know, we're an aggressive offense, and so we uh, we move the ball down the field. And um, obviously, there's a, there's a it's easier to do that when you're putting it in the air. Um, but I think um, you know we're definitely gonna need a run game to um, just to complement you know everything. Um, obviously, we played them last year uh, for the big one, and we lost. So um, it's a lot of stake for us. You know, we got to get another W. How tough of a place is that to play? I mean, obviously, going into uh, last year it was difficult. Yeah, they have a great fan base. They do a, a great job of getting their fans involved. Um, you know, on the defensive side, they're very energetic. They play very cohesive with each other. And, um, you know, we're going to have to be on our A game to get a W on, on the offensive side. And I know defensive comes back and off their performance. I know it's a new year, but is there kind of uh, in the back of your mind something to prove when you go there again? Uh, every week. Every week is something you got to prove yourself. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, we just lost two back-to-back, you know. We just got to get in the wins column this week. And um, whatever it takes, you know, we got to go out and fight together. You know, we know we got another difficult task at hand on the road. And, you know, that's what this league brings. It's just constantly, you know, bringing those challenges every week, no matter who you play. Now, despite not getting the win last week, though, the offense showed exactly what it can do. First of all, bounce back from Buffalo and also just the sheer amount of yardage you can get and explosiveness you can get. How yeah. much? How important was it to bounce back with a performance like that for your offense specifically? You know, it's always great to go out and perform as a unit, you know, really well. You know, quarterbacks, um, you know, obviously we can do better in the run game, but um, you know, as a receiver, you know, we always try to hold ourselves to the high standards. And our coach always preach, you know, A players get a- A's on game day. So, um, you know, that's that's been our standard since I've been here. And, you know, we try to hold ourselves to that. And it's always good to see that we can play at that level. And, um, you know, we just try to keep stacking them every day. And, you know, hopefully on Sunday we can do it again. Okay, let's go to our friends Good Morning Football. You need something positive about the Vikings. Good Morning Football is your place to go. Yeah, Peter Schrager is they like love us. the biggest Vikings fan of all time. I mean, yeah. there was a Paul Allen reference in this. In this, oh, was there? Yeah, there was. Hey, they're smart. They know NFL Network's on in every NFL building. Yep. So they're not going to sit there and rip people. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so our friend Peter Schrager, he's not worried. Nate Burleson, former Viking, 
He's a little more worried. Yeah, he he referenced Michael Jackson. Like, are you like, are they, you'll see. You'll okay, see. and uh, and Kyle Brandt talks about our quarterback. Yeah, he really really likes the performance of Kirk Cousins. He reference he goes to a record that Cousins set in this game, mm-hmm. a, an overall record that was yeah. like. Kirk Cousins, he's like, Jared off this, Jared off that. What about Kirk Cousins? Yeah, well, you know, we should think about Brandt as a guest on the Wobcast because he does work for the Bears in, in the preseason. So for Bears week, we should have Kyle Brandt on the Wobcast. I like, I like That's that. That's what we should do. I like that. I'm going to put my personal assistant, Jordan, on that. He's yeah, Jordan a, Strzok. He, yeah, yeah, my personal assistant. Yeah. yeah, he does what I tell him to do. So <laughs> we'll have him get Kyle Brandt on the Wobcast. Anyway, here's our friends. Good morning, football. Take a listen. We had to break down what this means for the Vikings after four weeks of football with this record. I'm going to say it is okay. Sean McVay was going to do that to anybody last night. Mike Zimmer, do not hold your head. He's done it to Steve Wilkes and the Cardinals. He's done it to Gus Bradley and the Jaguars. He's done it to Gruden and the Ra- This is what the Rams do. I would also say this. The Vikings started 5-0 two years ago and missed the playoffs. They started 2-2 two and two and were without Dalvin Cook, Sam Bradford, and Teddy Bridgewater and went to the NFC Championship game a year ago. This unit knows resolve. This unit, knows, and guess what? Their quarterback last night was awesome. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins was amazing last night. He couldn't miss. He was going blow for blow with Jared Goff. So I would say this. I know sky is falling yeah. right now in Minnesota, and I know that Paul Allen will be on the radio this morning, and it'll be a long-winded monologue about how they just could not stop anything. The Eagles are in a week. That's where the real revenge game is Ten at. Days. Going back into Philly, NFC Championship game where you were embarrassed. Show us something, because I think this Vikings team and that coach, Mike Zimmer, has resolved. I'm not giving up on the Vikings yet. I still think they're a playoff team. I still think they're one of the best teams in the NFC. They played well last night. No question. Listen, they have resolved. We get that. They're one of the more resilient teams, as we say time and time again. Zimmer's going to get his guys right. You have no, no individuals on this team that's going to give up on the season. But everything's not okay, Shrakes, because this was a team that was so close to the Super Bowl and giving Kirk Cousins all of that money. This was the final piece of the puzzle that's supposed to take them over it. So I feel like Michael Jackson, Vikings, are you okay? Vikings, are you okay? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. I don't think they are. I mean, Everson Griffin, we can't talk about that enough, okay? There's a lot going on off the field, but they missed him dearly. Well, they sure did. Now, the umbrella decent. Xavier Rhodes, he was cramping up. He was out for, I believe, a series, and he got back on the field. But still, that Rams defense went up and down the field. Go back to last year, which I know it's a different season, but still, though, last year they played the Rams, and they beat up on the Rams. They held Todd Gurley 15 carries. But more importantly, they put pressure on the QB. Mm-hmm. They blitzed 42% of that game. That's almost half the snaps. Now, the numbers aren't in from last night, but I don't believe they blitzed that much. I almost believe they were drinking the Kool-Aid that we were putting the sugar, on, putting the sugar in mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we're saying, oh, this Rams defense, I mean, this Rams offense is incredible. you got to watch out for all the trickeration and the motions and the formations. And I feel like they're like, all right, well, let's not pressure them that much because we don't want to get gashed. Well, guess what? You got gashed anyway because that offense is that good. So where's the aggressiveness? Where's the aggressiveness in the play calling? Because last year it seemed like they were putting the pressure on every team they played. And they were bold enough to send blitzes and twists up front and leave their umbrella of that defense exposed a little bit because they knew that their DBs could show up and make plays. They haven't forced a turnover since week one, Nate. I look at what they did last year to this year. It's the same cast of characters. I know they didn't have Everson out there. But it's the stars that I feel like defensively need to show up. So that's what does give me faith in what they could do. Because Harrison Smith hasn't been Harrison Smith to start the season. Neither has Xavier Rhodes. Uh, and maybe, you know, whatever's happening with Everson Griffin, we, we wish him well. But obviously a clear hole in this defense. If they can get that fixed, that's great. But these big plays, I'm not used to seeing this. A 22nd ranked defense now after being a number one defense last year. Zimmer was ashen after the game. Yeah. And I don't think it's doomsday. 
But it's not good because I do agree with you, Peter. Okay, they lost the Rams. The Rams are incredible. What about the Buffalo loss the week before? Yeah. It was terrible. So it's not that they're losing for me. There's, they'll fix it. It's just it's how. Like the defense chasing its tail, doing nothing. There's no running game. I mean, Dalvin came back. They didn't feed him. Maybe they couldn't. It's how they're losing. The best thing I can say for the Vikings right now, the best thing, if you're looking for something to rally around, Cousins is good. We've all Cousins yeah. is really – and we're all doing backflips about all these superlatives the Rams are doing and all these records. Cousins just in three straight games completed 35 passes. That's the second person in history to ever do – history. So it sounds like I'm giving you a golf stat, right? Because that's a Cousins stat. Cousins is good. He was awesome at Lambeau. He was awesome in the Coliseum. That's the biggest problem with this season. If like, wow, Cousins can't play. Cousins is Fugazi. Then you have a disaster. I still try to come back to they have so many good players and so many good Same. coaches. I think they're going to fix it, but they better do it fast. Okay, NFL news and notes. Before we start looking ahead to what's on tap, let's look back and see what happened over the weekend when yours truly was sitting on the couch watching games. Is that what you were doing? It was amazing to be Sunday on my couch, NFL Red Zone. Do you mm-hmm. have NFL Red Zone? Uh, yeah, on my phone, but not on my TV. Oh, it's like the best. Red, thing red Zone ever. is the bomb. It is the best thing for ever. sure. Um, yeah, but I mean, I was I was watching these games. I got to admit, it's way more fun after we win. Absolutely. Like after we lose, I watch all these games and I kind of start getting depressed. Yep. Um, but um, I did. I kept a close eye on the division. And um, there were some mixed results, I, f- I felt like, in the division. The Lions lost, so that that's was good. A, yeah, that was a positive. And right. they were up at the end of this game. And then, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys come down the field and kick a game-winning field goal. That was right. pretty good. So that was good for us. Not good for us, Bears and Packers winning. That's not good. Yeah, I watched that Bears game on Fox. It was the Bears against the Buccaneers. I think Mitchell Trubisky had five touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, finishes with six. He finished with six. They Looked never like Fran took, Tarkenton. They didn't want to take the starters out. The starters played yeah. like pretty much the whole game when they were up by like thirty-five points, which oh, was yeah. crazy. But yeah, the uh, Bucks did not look like the team they were in the first two weeks. No, they didn't, and now they have a little bit of. Um you know, some decisions to make at quarterback. And I saw that earlier today they, they did say it would be Jameis Winston. Um, so the the Bucks are dealing with that. Uh, the Bears are dealing with a win, and they're on a bye. So that's pretty cool for them. Yeah, they, First place in the division, yeah. won a game, and go on a bye week. Nice. Three and one. Yep. Uh, the Packers, they handled the Bills at home. They shut them out, in fact, 22-0. Um, to zero. Amazing. This is um, – you know, this is the world we live in now. But the Packers win a game by 22 points. And I'm watching, like, I'm, wa- I'm listening to talk radio and watching yep. some of the programs on in the mor- on Monday morning. And it's like, you know, dissension in Green Bay. And is Aaron Rodgers happy? And Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers' relationship. <laughs> and I'm just like, they won, they, they won 22 to 0. They manhandled the Bills. In that it's game. amazing. It like, you can't, you can't win games by enough sometimes for, uh, for the media and for, and for some fans. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, Green Bay won. They get back on the winning track. Um, our opponent. Uh, this week, the Philadelphia Eagles, they took an L on the road after leading 17-3. to Yeah, that was a tough one. I mean, for Philly fans, obviously there's some injuries that you're dealing with there. With uh, Alshon Jeffrey played his first game of the season, played actually pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys, like Corey Clement was out of this game, who's one yep. of their biggest guys out of the backfield. But, um, man, they let the Titans get back into this game. And Marcus Mariota with some fourth down passes. Yes, and huge scramble. 
game-winning drive. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And um, actually, we're going to have Pete Bursich break down some Eagles film for Vikings game plan later in the week, including the game-winning touchdown and a few other uh, good and bad plays by the Eagles defense on third down. Number three third down defense in the NFL, Philadelphia Eagles, by the way. Um, so that'll be a tall task for the Vikings offense going to Lincoln Financial Field uh, later this week. The Atlanta Falcons lose a dramatic game at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. That was good news for the Minnesota Vikings. That was great. The comeback by Andy Dalton, man. With yeah. the, he didn't have much time on the clock, and that game-winning yep. touchdown pass to A.J. Green on fourth down. Yep, that was, impressive. That was cool. Um, and so um, a bunch of other uh, entertaining games that happened over the weekend as well, but those are some of the highlights. Uh, before we move on, the decisions to go for it on fourth down, Chris, in overtime that we saw over the weekend. Wow. Um, yeah. The Colts doing so in their own territory. Uh, the Titans doing so in opponent territory, but yep. turning down a field goal to tie the game, going for it on fourth down, making it, and then going on to to, uh, to win the game because they scored a touchdown. Yep. The Colts did something similar. It didn't work out. So everyone's kind of pointing out, like, oh, Mike Vrabel's a genius because he did it, but Frank Reich did the same thing, and it didn't work out, and he's a moron. The difference, I think, is, well, first of all, Frank Reich's not a moron. I mean, they're they're both good coaches. Yep. It's just it was it was a it was a little bit riskier for Reich doing it in his own territory. In his own territory, and it looked like I don't even know if like Andrew Luck made that call because they like went out there. I don't I don't know, but it, you take the tie at that point. I think I mean because if you don't get that, and they threw the ball too, which yeah. on a fourth and three or whatever it was, I, I don't know. That's a tough call. And then yeah, next play Deshaun Watson has a completion and sets up the field goal the- and. They take the loss. Frank Reich just didn't want that weird three-number record, you know, something, something, and one. He just wanted to avoid that. A lot of teams have that these days. Yeah, I know, and I thought there was going to be more um, on Sunday. A bunch of those games went to overtime, and then the Browns and Raiders went into overtime as well. So, Uh, Oh, lastly, uh, news and notes, Des Bryant. Update on him? Still not on a team. Not on a roster. We say it every week. Yeah, man. He'll find a home pretty soon. He did tweet. He tweeted that he was going to be – Playing pretty soon? soon. Yeah, that's what, yeah. He, that's what he tweeted. He so. can help somebody. We'll, we'll uh, have to wait and see who it is. I picked him up on my fantasy team. Just oh, you did? Was, yeah, he was no, on you're one of those team. guys. Yeah, I did that. Uh-huh. You're one of those guys who got Des <laughs> ahead of everyone else, so when he signs with someone. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, might be a good move. All right, know your opponent, Philadelphia Eagles. All right, let's do it. Carson Wentz is back. What do you got on him? Yeah, Carson Wentz has been back the past two weeks. Eagles quarterback, the second overall pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, made his second start of the season, um, 33 of 50 for 348 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions in the game against the Titans. Um, obviously, they did lose that game, as we said, a 99.4 passer rating. Mm-hmm. Um, in two games, he's thrown for over 600 yards, pretty good, three touchdowns and an interception. Um, he's been sacked nine times mm-hmm. in those two games. That's That's a lot of... It's a lot of sacks for two years. Yeah, it'll be interesting for Filippo to uh, I wonder. You know, he's got he, Filippo's got his own thing to worry about this week, getting ready to play the Eagles' defense, which is really good. You know, but I wonder, given his familiarity with the Eagles' offense and personnel and Carson Wentz, you know, I wonder if he is asked by Mike Zimmer to take a look at at these last couple of games with Carson Wentz. What do you see? You know, yep. and just. Just to see if he can if he can provide any tips um, for the Vikings defensive staff as they get ready for the Eagles. I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it, it would be interesting to know and then to know what DeFilippo's observations are. Um, you know, I saw, I watched Wentz's 
these last two games. Yep. The first one was against the Colts. Yep. The second game, as we've been talking about, was against the Titans. Two really different offensive philosophies in both of those games. Um, against the Titans, they used a lot of bunch formations in the passing game and okay. a lot of screens. Against the Colts, it was a lot of um, spread out the Colts defense. The Colts played a lot of zone defense. And yep. The Eagles spread them out. You know, and Wentz had wide open throwing lanes and wide open receivers attacking zone coverage. So, not you know, for my untrained eye, not a lot of tells that you can pick up from a two game sample size. Now Zimmer obviously has a very well trained eye, so maybe he can pick up on some of those things. But you know, I thought it was interesting that it was just two very different types of offensive attacks for the Eagles in those two games. So I don't know what we're gonna see on um, on Sunday in Philadelphia, but Wentz does look to be back and he looks pretty good. So John DiFilippo, the former quarterbacks coach of the Eagles last season, obviously now the Vikings offensive coordinator. How do you think the Vikings use DiFilippo in this game? Obviously he was in that quarterback room. He knows Carson Wentz. How yeah. how do they it's a new offense though. It is a new I really off- I really think that the Eagles know that it, like they know that DiFilippo's here. So it's almost a sword that cuts both ways. The Eagles know DeFilippo's Exa- tendencies, yeah, too. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. So. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's a big advantage for either side, really. I mean, maybe the Vikings get a little bit more of an edge because DeFilippo knows a lot of the personnel. Like yeah. maybe some of the you know, the more minor tendencies of, of the different players. But I, I think it works both ways, and I think it's just going to come down to the players on the field on Sunday executing. Looking at some of the weapons here, um, some of the guys from last year are not with the Eagles this year. Trey Burton is now with the Chicago Bears. Torrey Smith is on a new team as well. He's, he's no longer mm-hmm. um, with the Philadelphia Eagles. So new weapons. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, as we said, will play in this game. Um, Corey Clement was injured and didn't play last game, but he's one of the three uh, running backs. Looking at the running backs, they, there's a couple guys back there. Wendell Smallwood mm-hmm. had a good game last week. Ajahi, um, Jay Ajahi is their main running back. Um, 15 carries and 70 yards, caught three passes for 11 yards against the Titans. Um, He has 155 of of Philly's 473 rushing yards, three of five scores on the ground this season, so he's the main back. And then, as I said, Wendell Smallwood um, had 123 yards and a touchdown on 23, uh, 22 carries this season. Yeah. Um, and Corey Clement is the other one. Yeah, so. and they when healthy, Three. they have Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles as well. Right. So right. the Eagles have good offensive personnel. They have versatile guys and fast guys. Yep. You know, And I know Ajayi is not known for his speed, but he's not slow either, and he's a really physical runner. So the Eagles are loaded on offense when it comes to personnel. And by the way, in the passing game, I know you've got this on the sheet, you're going to get to it, but Zach Ertz is good, and Alshon Jeffrey is good. Yep, he's and healthy. Nelson Aguilar is also really good. Yep. So like, the Eagles are loaded on offense, a lot of good weapons. And uh, this Vikings defense, which has been – Obviously scrutinized and much maligned, um, comes back from their mini buy after a Thursday night game in Los Angeles and has a huge test with the Eagles offense. Yeah, that's for sure. Zach Ertz is the main target. Ten receptions for 112 yards um, in the last game. Alshon Jeffrey, eight catches for 105 yards and a touchdown in his debut last week. Jordan Matthews, who they just signed, um, was with the team um, formerly and then and then went to the Patriots for a little while, got cut there, and now he's back with the team. 56-yard touchdown last week. So, um, so many weapons. Dallas go dirt. 
Godert. 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 Yep. I always try to say his name right. I never get it I'm right. I'm pretty sure it's not Godert. Well, it's spelled G-O-E-D-E-R-T. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go with Goddard. All right, Goddard. Dallas yeah. Goddard. Um, South Dakota State. Yeah, man. Yeah. He's he, one of us. He's he, he's a, another weapon that they have in those two tight end sets yep. that, they, that they always do. So. They, they like to bunch up Ertz and Aguilar and Jeffrey together and then, um, you know, attack coverage that way. So it'll be interesting to see if that's the, um, sort of the strategy they use against the Vikings, who – uh, will who are not afraid to play man-to-man defense, um, you know, as opposed to the Colts who played a lot of zone and they didn't use the bunches. So uh, that's actually something else that we're going to have Bursich break down for Vikings game plan. So those of you who listen to this and um, also like to watch Bursich's film segments, because I know a lot of you cross over, you're going to like uh, this week's episode of Vikings game plan and the segment that Bursich does as he breaks down the Philadelphia Eagles. Defensively, the Eagles also loaded up front. They're on third downs, on passing downs, you know who they have on the field? The Eagles? Pass rushers. Yeah, they got a lot of them. Yeah. They have Fletcher Cox. They have Chris Long. Brandon Graham. They have Brandon Graham. Yeah. They have Michael Bennett from the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. They have Derek Bennett. Or, uh, uh, yeah, Tennessee Derek, guy. Uh, Derek the, Barnett. Derek yeah. Barnett, a first-round yeah. pick from yep. two years ago. Yep. Derek Barnett. So, I mean, they got guys coming from everywhere, and when they get you in third and long, they put all of them on the field. Yeah, that was a big you. strength last year. Yeah, like they, they got Michael Bennett going one-on-one with a guard. I mean, that's yeah. it's over. So um, you got to stay out of third and long against this defense. Yeah, uh, Fletcher Cox said, I saw on the pregame show of that Tennessee game, that he wants to be Defensive Player of the Year this year, which yeah. that's like the next step he wants to take. So that's how high he considers himself as a pass rusher and as an overall player yeah. on that team. It's crazy. I see you got a little info here on their kickers, punters, special teamers. Yeah, a little info on that. Jake Elliott was a rookie last year, obviously a clutch kicker for them, winning yep. a Super Bowl. Six for eight on field goals this year, eight for eight on extra points. He doesn't miss many, so he's a definitely a good kicker. Um, special teams has been a problem for us this year a little bit, so it's definitely good to have that box checked, and it seems like they do. All right, let's get to some fan mail. The first one is from Parker it looks like pa- Parker Beer, but it's it's Bear, B-A-E-R. Parker, Parker Bear. Parker Bear. Okay. Why haven't we been using a talent like George Iloka yet? He could help majorly in pass defense, says Parker. Um, well, I mean, you have Harrison Smith and Andrew Sendejo, and I, you know, I don't think those two guys are playing poorly. You're usually only going to play with, with two safeties. So I think that's part of it. Maybe part of it is Iloka still biding his time a little bit, waiting his turn, getting to know the defense. They've used J. Ron Curse as a big nickel from time to time. If Iloka's going to play, maybe he would he would play as the as the big nickel. You know, we've only played four games, so I'm not like it's not like Iloka was left out for a whole season. Um, and and Coach Zimmer was asked about this last week. You know, he said, "I'm sure George is going to get his his opportunity here he shortly." Did. So, yep. um, I don't think Iloka is like in the doghouse. I don't think he stinks. I think it's just it hasn't been his turn yet, and I'm sure he's going to get his turn. Yeah, that's what Coach Zimmer said. He said, "I I got something I like." Um, he was referencing Andrew Sandejo and Harrison Smith yeah. being back there. So, that's a good problem to have. That's yeah. for sure. Next one from Andy. Do you think there is a chance that they will sign an offensive lineman or even trade for one? We could use some help there. What do you think? I don't. I don't see a trade or a, a signing happening. Like, if you asked every team, "Hey, what's a position where you'd like to be? Just be a little bit better. 
like uh, offensive line. I think most teams would say offensive line. You know, so the Vikings aren't unique in being a team that would like to get a little bit better there. Uh, but because most teams would say that, that also means they're just not available. They're, they're not out there, unsigned, walking the street, and it's hard to get a team willing to trade you one. Yep. You know, so you have to get as good a group as you can get in the offseason and then get them to start working well together. The issue with the Vikings is the second part of that, start working well together, because Pat Elfline just got back, yep. we're missing Nick Easton, yep. and we're dealing with some injuries at right tackle with Rashad Hill. So, um, you know, I think Elfline now being back in the lineup, I'm, I'm really excited about that. There were a couple of perimeter runs against the Rams last Thursday night where Elfline looked really good and Dalvin Cook looked really good getting to the edge. So I'm excited for more of that. And and also Dalvin Cook just hasn't hasn't been 100 percent healthy yet. You know, he's getting back from his ACL, and then he had a hamstring that popped up. You know, so um, and we're passing 47 times a game. We've been that, that's a lot, lot to ask yep. of your offensive lineman to pass protect against these fast defensive linemen 47 times a game, including the Buffalo game where we didn't run the ball in the second half at all. Four times that whole game. We, we didn't with ball? running backs. Yeah. So I mean. Let's let's um let's let this thing play out a little bit before we get too down on the offensive line and the grass is not always greener. You know, there aren't a bunch of guys who can help you out walking the street right now. So Riley Reef um, has been solid. I think Pat Elfline being back is gonna help the interior and then you gotta get it figured out at right tackle with Rashad Hill and Brian O'Neill, both of whom have played. So um, but uh, let's let the second quarter of the season play out here with a healthy Dalvin Cook and a healthy Pat Elfline, and we'll see how things shake out. The next one from Mitch Cave. With that being said, what's going on with the defense? I used, I'm used to them shutting teams down, holding t- teams to under 20 points, shutting down big players in their running and receiving game. What's changed on the defensive side this season? How can we improve and stay ahead of our opponents, says Mitch. I think... The one th- common thread that you hear um, during Mike Zimmer press conferences is communication. And I think when you see guys left to run free and left wide open or you see a linebacker trying to sprint after a wide receiver, yep. like that's not the scheme that is trying to be like, implemented. Like Mike Zimmer and George Edwards don't sit in the meeting room and come up with coverages and, and they're like, let's put a linebacker on Robert Woods. Like that that's, wasn't supposed to happen. So what's happening there are mistakes by players, I, I believe, on the field. So I think you got to get some of those communication issues figured out, you know, and then when you have a few extra days to take a look at yourself, which the Vikings had after the Rams game on Thursday night, you know, that's when you can sort of start to consider a few strategy or schematic adjustments. And I think the Vikings will do that as well. It would also help to have a little bit better pass rush. You know, and I think the total number of sacks is about the same as it was in the first quarter of last season. It's just the number of times quarterbacks are forced to freak out. It's just it just seems like it's down a little bit. Everson Griffin coming back would certainly help with that. But the Vikings can find a way to tweak their pass rush a little bit. I think that would benefit the pass defense as well. Remember, um, the key to pass defense is blending rush and coverage. You can't just rely on one uh, to have a good pass defense. You have to have both. So I actually got an email from a fan. Oh, you did? Which never happens. Well, yeah. How did it happen? I don't know. This this guy's name is Brian Anderson. Okay. Brian must be a smart guy. He figured out your email address. uh, Yeah, but he he used a lot of, like, curse words in this email. Uh He was was pretty upset, so I I won't say those. We'll take those out. But he does reference that this was the worst 
officiated game I have ever watched. <laughs> Thielen was not touched on this catch in the first quarter, and that uh, on Gurley's run, it was block not. In the back. It was not a block in the back on Sandejo. He spelled Sandejo's name wrong. That, that was a hundred percent a block in the back, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. So he referenced those two things, and he said, "I will not watch an NFL game ever again." But I mean, he was a little upset. Okay, he but was. he did email, so I, I was happy about right. that. Um, I hope he changes his mind and he watches NFL games again. Um, it's it's hard to officiate games, I, I think, you know, and I think these guys do a pretty good job for the most part, and and they make some mistakes. Now, did you get a clean look at the Thielen play? That was he was never t- was he ever taught? They just blew the whistle like early. Yeah. that's what happened. I guess because he ran Thielen ran, and then he looked back. He's like, what? You know, yeah. like what happened? I I mean, I I was going. I thought that was. So, Clean. but the the thing is, there's like 140 or 150 snaps in a game, you know, and these uh, these bad calls happen. They're not determining games. They're really not. Yeah. You got. Let's say there's 160 snaps in a game. Well, let's just say there's 140. Yeah. And there's four bad calls. You had 136 other plays to to win the game. You know. Yep. So. Um, the block in the back was a large gain, though, and Thielen's, 56 yards, yeah. yeah. And Thielen's. I don't know what they thought. Points. If like they thought Sandejo was already out of the play, so like they weren't going to call it. But, but they threw the flag and then they picked it up. That was what was shocking. And Mike Zimmer was right in front of the guy who picked up the flag. Oh, I'm sure he just let that go. Yeah, he just. Well, he's like, yeah, I'll just let it slide. Right. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. yeah so, um, well, that was Brian. You said. Yep. I Brian hope, Anderson. I hope I hope Brian has had time to calm down a little bit, and I hope he comes back and <laughs> listens to the Wobcast and watches more games because yep. we need Brian. Yeah, we need him. All right. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Wobcast. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with another edition, so make sure you stay tuned. In the meantime, um, stick around Vikings.com for coverage of your favorite team and download the Vikings app if you haven't done so already. I know a lot of you listen to the Wobcast on the Vikings app, but for those of you who listen to it, Another way, and don't have the app, make sure you download it. A couple of reasons. One, if you go to a game at U.S. Bank Stadium, you need the app to get in the building because that's where your tickets are. So download the Vikings app for that reason. Secondarily, and um, and maybe even more importantly, since a lot of you can't get to games, you need the app because all of our content is on the app, and it can be delivered very conveniently straight to your favorite mobile device. So make sure you download the Vikings app if you haven't done so already. Thank you, Chris, for producing and co-hosting as always. Yep. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the game on Sunday. The kickoff is a late kickoff, 325 Central Time this week from Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field. The game, of course, will be on the Vikings Radio Network. And if you're going to watch it on TV, it's on Fox. The number one crew, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Aaron Andrews will have the game. On behalf of everyone here at the Vikings Entertainment Network, this is Wabi signing off for now. Have a good week.